Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's important to remember that we have fellow Americans, thousands and thousands of them, serving in the United States military overseas. And they must be looking at this country and shaking their heads. Because they have their lives on the line. They've put their careers aside. They're not famous and wealthy actors and sports broadcasters and And athletes, they're not politicians, they're not media types. They believe in this country. They don't take a knee at the national anthem. They don't take a knee when looking at the flag. Something's gone gravely wrong here. What happened to our first responders? We don't even call them first responders anymore. We don't live in a reality here. This is an unreality. The media, the Democrat Party, their surrogates, others in the Republican Party, they push an agenda, they push positions. In many cases, it have nothing to do with anything except their ideology. 18 people were killed in 24 hours in our third largest city, Chicago. You and I don't know the name of a single one of them. It hasn't been discussed other than in a quick passing on any television news program. It wasn't raised today at George Floyd's funeral. It wasn't raised when Democrats... raised by Mitch McConnell 
who's now talking about our original sin, even though the vast majority of us were not around during slavery, I wasn't, were you? Moreover, many of us, our ancestors, weren't even in this country. And some of them were dealing with slavery outside this country, as a matter of fact. Thirteen murdered in 36 hours in New York. That's 31. I don't know what's happening today. 31 souls dead. We don't know their ages. We don't know anything about them. Because only certain lives matter. Lives that advance a narrative. And now we have to change our entire policing system. Congress is ready to act. Congress is all set. They didn't mind when the FBI and the Department of Justice and the CIA were violating the Constitution. But now they're really going to step in. Republican and Democrat. Republicans all running to Tim Scott. Because apparently he has all the answers. And you know what's going to happen when they pass this legislation? Very little. They'll feel happy. But nothing is going to change. Not in any significant way. I want to walk through this. Abraham Lincoln loved the founding fathers. He loved the Constitution and he loved the Declaration. And he gave a speech, famous speech, that most of you never heard of. You certainly weren't taught about it. During his 1858 campaign for the Senate, in the Founders' Enlightened Belief, nothing stamped with the divine image and likeness was sent into the world to be trodden on and degraded and imbruted by its fellows. They grasped not only the whole race of man then living, they erected a beacon to guide their children. He's talking about the Declaration of Independence. They erected a beacon to guide their children and their children's children and the countless myriads who should inhabit the earth in other ages. Wise statesmen as they were, they knew the tendency of prosperity to breed tyrants. And so they established these great self-evident truths. Their posterity, that is their offspring, might look up again to the Declaration of Independence and take courage to renew the battle which their fathers began. The battle which their fathers began so that no man would hereafter dare to limit and circumscribe the great principles of which the Temple of Liberty was being built. He revered the founders and the Declaration of Independence. The left in this country and the Democrat Party and ignorant people like Mitch McConnell and all don't understand this. They're frightened. They're panicked. In the poorest of our communities, in the inner cities, where so many minorities live. There's things that could and should be done. And I'll get to that in a moment. Bloody, bloody civil war was fought. How many of you as high school students ever were taken to a Civil War battlefield? Even those of you who live near a Civil War battlefield. Have you ever visited one? Do you know the names of the Civil War battles beyond three or four of them? I bet. 
Let's look at the top 10 bloodiest Civil War battles. And then I want to go through the civil rights activity, some of the court cases, because unfortunately, there's an ignorance in this society among all peoples who seem to believe that this battle over race began with Colin Kaepernick. Thoughtco.com. More than 620,000 American soldiers on both the Union and Confederate sides. Each of the hard-fought battles on this list said to have more than 19,000 casualties, including those who were either killed or wounded. And I'll explain when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion? All students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. Well, let's go on. I want to tell you about these battles, because if I don't, nobody else will, because I'm sure it's how sure you didn't get in in school. There's been a, uh, a further analysis of the casualties that have taken place in a nation with a population of 31 million people. I want you to think about that, because that would be the equivalent of seven and a half to eight and a half million casualties today. Ten percent of white men of military age died between 1860 and 1870. One in ten. I'm tired of hearing the NFL commissioner. I'm tired of hearing McConnell. I'm tired of hearing all these people. Of course there's imperfections. Of course there needs to be fixes. But stop attacking the core of this nation. It is a magnificent nation. That has spent hundreds of years trying to fix a wrong. Gettysburg was by all accounts the most destructive battle of the Civil War. From July 1 to 3, 1863 in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, the battle resulted in a reported 51 thousand casualties 23,000 Union 28,000 Confederate Battle of Chickamauga ever hear that battle? well in Georgia between September 19 and 20, 1863 34,624 16,170 on the Union side Battle of Spotsylvania Courthouse In Virginia, May 8 to May 21, went on for nearly two weeks. 
30,000 casualties, 18,000 Union, ended in a stalemate. The Battle of Chancellorville, you can see many battles in Virginia. May 1 to May 4, 1863, 24,000 casualties, 14,000 were Union. The Union had enormous casualties, but they had enormous casualties. Battle of Shiloh in Tennessee, April 6 to 7, 1862, 23,746 men died, 13,000 of which were Union. The Battle of Stones River, bet you never heard of that one. It occurred between December 31, 1862 and January 2, 1863. Tennessee. Union victory with 23,515 casualties, 13,249 Union. Second Battle of Bull Run. My family and I, during the Wuhan China virus, visited the battlefields of Antietam, Gettysburg, and Bull Run. Battle of Bull Run was fought in Manassas, Virginia. They fought over the same land that they'd fought the first battle over. The Confederacy won 22,180 casualties. 13,830 were Union. The Battle of Fort Donelson fought between February 13 and 16, 1862, again in Tennessee. A victory for the Union, 17,300 to keep the Union and end slavery. Those were the casualties in dealing with what Mitch McConnell says the original sin. Still, in 2020. Now that's the war. I want to tell you about what was done constitutionally and legally. Since then, up to today when we return. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Here's some breaking news from Fox LA. That would be Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Police Department has just announced that homicides in the city increased 250% over the previous week, and the number of people who were shot increased by 56% during the same week. Already, our big cities are under attack. They're under assault. 
But don't worry, Congress is going to pass legislation, no doubt, to tie the hands of the cops, because the cops are the problem, not the criminals. And I want you to remember this. With the NFL and the NBA, with the media, with Pelosi and Schumer and Sharpton and everybody. These are inner cities. These are mostly minorities. Homicides in L.A. went up 250% in one week. Number of people who were shot increased by 56% during the same period. And we're going to cut the spending for the police and give it to program for children. Let me go on. Although I'm so frustrated right now, I feel like walking away. But let me go on because of the technical issues. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation the slaves, including the slaves in the South. In 1865, the 13th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified by the states. It abolishes slavery. The Civil Rights Acts of 1866 and 1871 were passed. The Enforcement Act of 1870 was passed. The Force Act of 1871 was passed to enforce uh, the the liberty and rights of freed slaves. The Ku Klux Klan Act and the Civil Rights Act of 1875 were passed. The intent being to wipe out the Klan, which had become an appendage of the Democrat Party. Circling back, 1868, the 14th Amendment was passed, guarantees due process and equal protection for all citizens. But it was passed to protect freed slaves. 1870, 15th Amendment, guarantees the right to vote for all citizens. But the Democrat Party would have none of it. 1954, well, before we do that, In 1953, a Civil Rights Act was passed eliminating discrimination. Excuse me, a rule was put in place, a federal rule, eliminating discrimination in government contracting. It also desegregated the federal government and the nation's capital. This was Eisenhower. 1957, the first modern Civil Rights Act was passed, created the Civil Rights Commission, created the Civil Rights Division in the Department of Justice. 1957 and 1959, Eisenhower ordered the desegregation of all Washington, D.C. public schools. In 1954, in the Supreme Court decision, Brown versus Board of Education, they reversed mostly Plessy versus Ferguson of 1896. It ends legal racial segregation in schools. In 1962, Bailey versus Patterson is passed. It ends desegregation in transportation. 1964, I'm only touching the highlights. The Civil Rights Act is passed, overwhelmingly voted on by Republicans. A bigger percentage of Republicans than Democrats voted for it, by the way. Prohibits discrimination in voting, public accommodations, public facilities, public education, federally assisted programs, and employment. And it established the EEOC. The next year, 1965, Civil Rights Act passed. We call it the Voting Rights Act. It prohibits the denial or restriction of the right to vote. 
and forbids discriminating uh, voting practices nationwide. In 1967, Loving versus Virginia declares laws prohibiting interracial marriage unconstitutional. So that's more than half a century ago. What else? The Insurrection, the, the Insurrection Act, which uh, concerns uh, Mattis and the Secretary of Defense, Esper. It was amended in 1871. It was actually passed during Thomas Jefferson's presidency. It was amended in 1871. To allow use of the United States military to enforce civil rights and desegregation orders. In 1871, U.S. Grant, Ulysses S. Grant, his real name was Ulysses H. Grant, but that's all right. U.S. Grant ordered 1,000 soldiers to hunt down Klansmen in South Carolina. And they rounded up 600 of them. 1957, Dwight Eisenhower sent the 101st Airborne Division to Little Rock, Arkansas to protect nine black students entering Little Rock Central High School against the order of the governor, Orville Faubus, who was Bill Clinton's mentor, just so you know, among others. In 1962, John Kennedy federalized the National Guard to allow a black student to enroll in classes at the University of Mississippi in Oxford. 1965, LBJ federalized the National Guard to protect civil rights marches headed from Selma to Montgomery. And I could go on and on and on. That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of war. It's a lot of laws. Changes in the United States Constitution. And when you look at the economic issues, trillions and trillions of dollars, and not just for African Americans, of course, but trillions and trillions of dollars poured into the welfare state, into the great society, funneled from Washington, D.C., into mayors and governors. Enormous sums of money. Every kind of program imaginable. And yet we are a systemically racist society according to millionaire and billionaire athletes, millionaire and billionaire Hollywood types, corporations. Of course, none of them are racist. It's just the system. Everybody else is racist. For me, this isn't so much about racism, even though there's racists out there. There's simply no doubt about that. We're talking about systemic racism, which is quite different. A society doesn't fight a civil war, doesn't fight over and over and over again for civil rights, doesn't amend its constitution, change its civil and criminal code, spend trillions and trillions of dollars, trying to address, quote-unquote, the original sin, as Mitch McConnell puts it, and then as a systemically racist society. Or as the NFL commissioner put it, from his mansion, systemically oppressive society. It's a lie. It's a lie. The American people are a good people. This is why people 
risked their lives to come into this country. People of color south of the border. People from the Caribbean. From the Far East, Asia. People from the Middle East. People from the continent of Africa. As well as Europe and other places. But why in the world would you come to a country that is systematically oppressing people of color? As systematically racist. Systemically. You wouldn't. You'd be out of your mind. We, meaning all of us, live in the freest society on the face of the earth. All of us. Now there's some bumper guards here. We have some rules. You see, because as human beings... If somebody's going to violate the God-given rights of somebody else, physically harm them in particular, then that person needs to be confronted and the other person needs to be protected. That's what law enforcement is for. Keeping the peace and keeping the order. We used to call them peace officers. Not so long ago, we used to call them first responders. We used to thank them. There is not systemic racism in law enforcement. Our police departments are better trained than ever before. Our police departments are more diverse than ever before. We have more African American and other minorities that are police chiefs or in the senior levels of police forces than ever before in our history. We have more mayors of color, black in particular, than we've ever had before in our history. Same with our city councils. I know of no major city, perhaps there's one or two that I'm forgetting, that isn't run by the Democrat Party. And the mayors and the council, they pick their chiefs. I don't know of any. Every now and then a Republican squeaks through, but it's rare. The politicization by the left and the Democrat Party of the wanton murder of George Floyd is a disgrace. Most of the people writing about what's taking place today have never served in law enforcement. They've never served in the military. In fact, the vast majority of them. People in the media, the New York Times, at CNN and MSNBC. Virtually none of them. As close to 100% as you can get. Live in the communities. I'm not talking about the gentrified parts, but the tough parts that they claim to know about. Same with the athletes. I went online and I just looked where LeBron James lives. He's, He's doing okay. And he's down for the revolution. And he's living in Brentwood and other places among the systemically racist. I don't get it. And he's just one of many in Hollywood, in media, in politics. One of many. Defund the police slash the police forces. You see, there's some people who cannot escape 
the various communities that they're in. They cannot escape them. And there's some people who live around these communities who can. And there's some people who are outsiders who come in and they say defund the police or slash their budgets. Tell me, when the police department in L.A. says that we have a massive increase of 250% over last week in homicides in L.A. and a massive increase of 56% in shootings. Is that going to change the narrative? No, it's not. 18 murdered in Chicago in one day? 13 murdered in New York in a day and a half? Is that going to change the narrative? No, of course not. What are their names, NFL commissioner? What are their names, Max Kellerman? What are their names, LeBron? Steph Curry? What are their names, Hollywood? Who are they? Biden? Nobody knows. Just more statistics gone. When are their funerals? Who knows? Will Al Sharpton be there? No, of course not. Will anybody of note be there? No. Any cameras? Nope. It's sad. Horrible. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. May I ask the media, the newsroom, stop playing gotcha with the President of the United States. Why don't you report some actual news? I just gave you actual news about what's going on in our communities and other communities. Well, the President tweeted this. And the pre- you want to focus on, on Joe Biden? And his mental incapacity every time he opens his, his mouth? I mean, really. To have guests on and try... Did you just believe the president tweeted this and president tweeted that? The biggest lie of modern times, Russia collusion. And now they want to hold the president's feet to the fire on his tweet. It's, it's just so appalling. All right, cut one, hit it, go. And a far more serious scene. Uh, watch these images. Really, this just an ugly, a dangerous scene at the state capitol in Michigan. Keep As it playing. They're attacking 
peaceful protesters during the coronavirus. And you're out there with, with, um, with guns? I don't want to call them rallies. They're not protests. These quote-unquote protests, I, I don't even think that that's the right word uh, because protests are supposed to be peaceful. I'm not embarrassed to say that I was afraid. It's not clear what they're demanding, demanding to infect other people, demanding to make other people sick. It's dangerous, and these people can take this home with them and hurt their families and all the rest. I'd like to ask them if they're willing to sign away their right to treatment if and when they get infected. Who the hell do you think you are? I don't understand what is wrong with people. Stay at home. <laughs> I, I, I want to be clear. In how now I the protesters. This is a, Rioters. a protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking. There's a building burning behind him. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. Excuse me, any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. First the amendment, you idiot. Citizens who are caring and concerned, they're hitting the streets. Heartwarming to see so many people turn out peacefully. You know, Brooke, I think this is a march, really. But as they're coming off, it's it's peaceful. They're saying peaceful protest. Across the country, uh, uh, it's bringing... That's enough. To- there you are, the enemy of the people. Ladies and gentlemen, when we return, we have an icon with us, and it's a great honor. The great Dr. Walter Williams. In just a few minutes, stay with us. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. It's an honor to have Walter Williams. Walter, how are you, my friend? Okay, how are you? I'm okay. I, I really need to hear from you, Walter, because you're somebody I've read and listened to. Honestly, not to date you uh, in terms of age, but I would say almost half a century. <laughs> my goodness, yes. Now, Walter, I want to throw out two things to you, and I, in the context of what's going on now what the protests, the riots, the the now Congress and so forth. Systemic racism in society, systemic racism among cops. Is this the problem? Uh, uh, no way. That is, and, and, and it's, it's no way. And it's not to excuse uh, uh, racial discrimination. It's not to excuse uh, uh, cops that, mis- that misbehave and, uh, and mm-hmm. kill people. Uh, but that's not the major problem that uh, that black Americans face. Uh, if if you look at the, as I point out in the column that, I, that came out uh, today, uh, it was the, if you look at the most uh, dangerous big cities, they are cities like Detroit, Los Angeles. I mean, uh, uh, St. Louis, uh, Baltimore, Oakland, uh, uh, Chicago, <laughs> Newark. And they're the very cities, these and many other cities, they're the cities that have been run by Democrats, they're Democrat mayor, Democrat city council, uh, for over a half century. And many times the, uh, the uh, uh, blacks are the mayors and the, and the city councilmen, chief of police, and superintendent of schools. But yet 
the major problems of black people uh, are are living in unsafe neighborhoods, a large percentage, and going to the absolutely rottenest schools in our country. Mm -hmm. And and, and what do you make of, I mean, you're, you're probably watching this on TV, we have... Millionaire, even billionaire athletes. We got commissioners of professional leagues. We have wealthy sportscasters. On we've got Hollywood, all beating their chest, all beating their chest. Do any of them live in these communities? <laughs> You're kidding. And and you look in, uh, you know, if you look at uh, senators and congressmen, uh, including black senators and congressmen that come to Washington D.C., they don't send their kids to the schools in Anacostia. They send their kids to. Uh, 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 national Cathedral or or uh, all these other uh, high-cost private schools, they won't send their kids to Anacostia, but uh, where they're, where the kids run the risk of getting shot, getting knifed, and, and get poor quality education. That's a fact, right? That's not racism. That's a fact. <laughs> That's right. And, and if you look at it, and, the, you know, and most Americans have very little appreciation of the poor quality of education that many that are in many cities. For example, in Baltimore, in, in 2016, 13 of the city's 39 high schools, not a single student scored proficient on the state's math test. In six other schools, only 1%. And in the whole Baltimore city, only 15% passed the state's English uh, exam. And and this, these kind of statistics are repeated all over the country, in in, uh, in Newark, Birmingham, St. Louis, Detroit, uh, Baltimore, and in Chicago. Walter, isn't part of the problem, as you pointed out, you've got these one-party controlled cities, the Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party is basically a socialist party. And yeah. uh, the only way they address things is with more bureaucrats, more cronyism, more nepotism. Uh, more money flowing through the Democrat machine. That's some right. of it, some of it piddles out, but they block school choice. Oh, they, yeah. they they prevent parents from sending their little kids to the best school within a several mile radius. In other words, we talk about the police unions, fine, but we never talk about the teacher unions. Yeah, right. And and by the way, uh, my colleague and very good friend Thomas Sowell, he's coming out with a book, uh, the uh, at the end of this month. And where he's done a study of a hundred uh, schools in New York City. And he's he going to be on this program, by the way. Oh, oh, very good. Uh, and he points out that uh, that in the charter schools, and often the charter schools are in the same building as the public schools, the the black kids are doing much, much better. Now the problem mm-hmm. is, is Mayor uh, Bill De Blasio and and other politicians in New York they want to close the the charter schools and, and destroy uh, academic uh, chance, any chance of academic excellence for blacks. And, and, and by the way, I think Tom Sowell says that the waiting list to get into the private schools is 55,000 kids. Mm-hmm. And who's standing in the doorhouse, uh, st- st- who's standing in the doorhouse this time? Well, it's, it's the teachers' union and the, and the politicians in New York City and the state of New York and, and politicians at the state level, and, and the mayor, uh, de Blasio. Uh, they, they See, what happens is that the public school system, they don't want any embarrassment, and they don't want any competition. And to, and to see kids doing much, much better, 
and schools that are in the in charter schools that are in the same building as the public schools, this has to be embarrassing to the teachers. Barack Obama, was he an advocate of uh, school choice in the inner cities? <laughs> you kidding? No, he was bought and paid for by the teachers' union. Mm-hmm. And isn't this the problem? Biden is, Pelosi is. It's a one-party teachers' union. They have 2 million members. The AFT is 800,000. These are precinct workers. Oh, so yeah. so they're not, they're not going to turn on their precinct workers, are they? Absolutely. And, and it's kind of, one thing that's kind of interesting is that the, the average American has absolutely no idea of the living conditions of many law-abiding black people in these neighborhoods and people who cannot get out. You know, that is, the average American does not know that, that many black parents serve dinner on the floor so the kids don't get hit by stray bullets. Hmm. They go to sound, go to bed with the sound of bullets. Uh, uh, they have have bars at the window, afraid to come out of the street at night, and and they're living under ultimate terror. And these and these and these white liberals and these uh, um, the Black Lives Matter and uh, and Antifa, they come in and make their lives uh, even worse by doing all this destruction that's going on now, and and including many black owned businesses are being burned down by these people so only certain black lives matter but only certain black lives matter oh, oh that, that is absolutely right you know you had, 18, fact, you had 18 you had eight yeah very interestingly in chicago this year there have been 256 homicides Jeez. and and three people three black people have been killed by police Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're concerned with trying to save black lives, it seems like the you want to put police killings way down on the list and focus on the uh, the terror being imposed by blacks on blacks. I think this last weekend, 18 people were shot yep. and killed in Chicago. It's 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 horrendous. And and by the way, in New York, the last 36 hours, 13 yeah. And I don't see any marches. I don't see Al Sharpton. I don't see anything. I don't hear. Do we know their names? We don't even know their names. That's right. That's They're that's human right. beings. Well, yeah. listen to this. This was breaking. I mentioned last hour. The L.A. Police Department announced today homicides in L.A. increased 250% over the previous week. And 56% increase in shootings over the previous week. I think the word's gone out, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 it's, and it's tragically enough, the the policemen are intimidated by the uh, by this uh, by the riots and, and the protests, and what we're going to find is something similar to what we found in in uh, Ferguson and also in Baltimore that that police will not be proactive, and when policemen are not proactive, the homicide rate goes up. I mean, we can agree on basic stuff, you know, like don't put your knee on the neck of somebody who's handcuffed and their face is in the dirt. I think the whole country agreed with that. The whole country was united. And by the way, uh, Walter, the justice system moved immediately at the local, state, and federal level. The president called in the DOJ and civil rights and criminal. You had the U.S. Attorney's Office, the local prosecutor, the equivalent of the state if they were on it fast. The guy's charged in three days, which is like... Warp speed. Yeah. So it's not like the justice system didn't work. That's that's right. Well, the the, the people who 
are out there rioting and looting. Uh, they, 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 they don't care about the about the justice. They they want to cause foment in our country. They're 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 very angry with uh, President Trump and the and and uh, and Republicans in general. And so they're just uh, you know uh, causing trouble. Mm-hmm. How can how can a party seriously? that is going to continue to control these cities politically, have monopoly control over every corner of it, that does not believe in individual liberty. It believes in groupthink. It believes in, 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 in parachuting uh, the, the welfare state into communities. It doesn't believe in, in, I'll say, in a freedom agenda, whether it's school choice, whether it's, whether it's bringing in uh, businessmen and entrepreneurs to, in high schools to teach young people who, who, who've never had an opportunity on how to start a business, how to save money. How, to, how, how, do, how do we overcome this? Well, uh, uh, that's a that's a that's a tough question, yeah. and I think a whole lot of it has to do with our educational system, and I think particularly at college level, that is, uh, young people uh, for for several decades now uh, have been have been indoctrinated by leftist professors, and and they even have courses at some schools about white privilege, and they have a. a, a kinds of nonsense that's being taught uh, to uh, young people, and they go out and believe it. And, and that's why, you, you know, you, schools of journalism are probably uh, some of the worst places on a college campus in addition to the schools of education. And so they, they, the kids are just being indoctrinated. And then they take that indoctrination, that is, the ones who are in education, and they put it, you know, and they take it down to the elementary and, and secondary school levels. And they just indoctrinate our kids. You know, uh, Walter Williams, I've talked about this Antifa movement and to some extent the Black Lives Matter movement. They're very violent. Uh, the Antifa movement is a Marxist anarchist movement, they are a militia, they are armed. They, uh, honestly, mostly white kids, it appears, um, you know, they're, they're down for the struggle. You know, they're, they're, they're up for the revolution. And they remind me of the Weather Underground and the Students for Democratic uh, Society and these other, these other sort of domestic terrorist groups. And yet, here's the problem, Walter Williams. They want the elimination of the country. They, it's not like they're pushing a civil rights agenda. They reject the country uh, a hook, line, and sinker. That's right. They reject our constitution, and they re- reject uh, what we have of, of the capitalist system. And, and and you know, it's kind of interesting when people talk about uh, systemic racism and institutional racism. So far as black people are concerned, it turns out it, in my book, um, uh, race and economics: uh, how much can discrim- how much can the, be explained by discrimination. In the, in the, I think in the first chapter, I point out, I add up all the income that black people earn, and if you just thought of black people as a nation with our own GDP, uh, black people would be the 18th richest nation on the face of the earth. And, and that, that, that shows a tremendous uh, progress. That is, if you, look, if you look back through history, black Americans have made the greatest gains over some of the hur- highest hurdles in the shortest period of time in any other racial group in the history of mankind. And, and as such, it speaks very well of a people and the intestinal fortitude of a people. But 
also it speaks well of the greatness of a nation in which that is possible. That is, the achievement that black Americans have made could not have been achieved anywhere on the face of earth except the United States of America. You know, Shelby Steele told me the other day, and I'd just be interested in your thought, that blacks have never been freer than they are in the United States, period. Is that true? That's, that's 100%. And I mean, I, I am 84 years old, and I've, I've lived through uh, uh, movies not allowing black people in, uh, separate uh, bathrooms and separate uh, water fountains. I've lived through that. And, and the lack of opportunity, that is, when I was in, in, uh, in high school in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, I mean, the thought of, of graduating from high school and going to college, that was a pipe dream. You just never thought of it. You graduated from high school and got a job as a mechanic, or you got a job doing this and doing that, but it, it was not automatically going to college as many blacks go today, do today. You know, my dad, he grew up... In Philadelphia, too, he passed away. He'd be uh, 95 in a few days. And uh, he grew up in uh, very, very deep poverty, as did my mother. And they were in a basement apartment. You know, they're from Philly. I'm from Philly. You're from Philly. And he said he took the train down to Washington, which, as you know, back then was a southern town. And he said, I couldn't believe it. White bathroom only, white water fountain only. He said, I've never seen anything in my life. And it, and it really, I mean, it upset him. And you know what he said, among other things? I can't say that. He said the GD Democrats. That's what he said. They run that damn city. They do that to people like that. In other words, he, he understood innately. I mean, he, he's not a Ph.D. or anything, but he understood innately. That party is to blame for a lot of this. Yeah. These city mayors are to blame for a lot of this. And they are, and they have been, haven't they, Walter? Oh, oh yes. And, and, you know, and, and black people, black families, have overcome uh, slavery, Jim Crow, the harshest discrimination, but they could not overcome the welfare state. That is, today, 75% of black kids are born out of wedlock and uh, without, a, without a, a, a father present at home. And in 1940, it was only 11%. Among whites, it's 30% born out of wedlock today, and it was 3% in 1940. And so, and the black family was more intact during the 1880s, 1890s than today. That is, 80% of black kids live in two-parent families, and today, mm-hmm. I doubt whether there's a third that live in two-parent families. And, and that's a devastating yes. uh, a cause, uh, a, yes. a devastating problem caused by the welfare state. All right, Walter, I'm going to put your book up, Race and Economics. I have a hard break. God bless you, my friend. Take care of yourself. Thank you. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Tom Saul is going to be on this program, and he specifically asked to be interviewed by me when his new book comes out. Tom Saul's 90 years old. I don't mean to sound morbid, but when the day comes, and I hope it doesn't come any times, who are going to replace these great men? Who's replaced Milton Friedman? William F. Buckley? William Rusher? Nobody. And that tells you a lot about our culture and our education. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Right versus left is... Right versus wrong. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Star Parker's a little under the weather, so she won't be us in the be with us in the final hour. Down in the future, she will. Um, we just heard from her. Now, uh, working from home, well, it's driving up the worst type of cybercrime: home title theft. We're doing it all from home, working, banking, video conferences, meal deliveries, and shopping. Cyber criminals are targeting our homes. Actually, they want the money they can get by taking out loans against your home. The crime is home title theft, and the FBI is warning homeowners. Home title lock is how you protect your home from cyber thieves. Your home's legal title is online where they find it and forge your signature stating you sold your home to them. Then they take out loans on your home and leave you in debt. Banks, insurance, basic identity theft services don't protect you. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title, and they protect your home. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. And use code MARK, code MARK, for 30 free days of protection to help you through this crisis. Very important. That's code MARK, HomeTitleLock.com, code MARK, HomeTitleLock.com, code MARK. You know, it's very interesting. Not only are the media in this country the enemy of the people, and they lie, and they, and they push their agenda, and when they're called out by the left, they'll change titles to articles, they'll fire their own editorial uh, editors. Um, so speech is not what they're about. Free speech and freedom of the press is not what the New York Slimes is about. It's not what the Washington Compost is about. It's not what MSLSD is about. It's not what the Constipated News Network is about. It's not what any of them are about. They're agenda-driven. 
And this is why virtually every story turns into a negative attack on the President of the United States. Now, people say, we need to write about what the media are doing. We need to do this about what the media are doing. I already did. I already have. And if you haven't had a chance, and I think it's very, very important, and I don't need the money. I'm telling you this because I think it's very, very important to pass along the word. If you have a copy of Unfreedom of the Press, share your copy. How's that? Share your copy with a friend or a family member. It's crucially important. If you don't have a copy, you really ought to get a copy, read it, and then share it with family and friends. This president never had a chance with the media. The media conspired with the Obama administration to try and take out candidate Trump and then try and take out President Trump. Every lie, every felonious leak was printed as truth to try and build up an impression to create a steamroller effect, and that's exactly what they did. But the, the, the level of animosity and contempt and deceit by these fools in the media is really incredible. And, and the tricks that they try and use, they think they're clever, that we all know. Like calling in Colin Powell to see if he'll vote for Trump. The same Colin Powell that didn't vote for McCain or Romney and voted for Hillary Clinton. Colin Powell's never been a quote-unquote Republican. He's certainly never been a conservative. He fought with Dick Cheney. He's, uh, he's a lip. And by the way, you ought to see where he lives. I know where he lives. It is a massive home in Northern Virginia. Obviously among the systemically racist. It's amazing. It's amazing the two lives the left lives. White, black, and in between. It's amazing the two lives and the lies that they live. You can go online as easily as I can and see where a lot of these people live. Very wealthy. Enormous amount of money from corporations. In the case of athletes, extremely wealthy. Wealthier than the vast majority of Americans will ever become, let alone people in the inner city. And they never go back to the inner city to live. Why? Are they racists? I guess so. Well, why don't they go back? The white liberals and leftists you see all over television. Where do they live? Like these fools on The View. Where do they live? None of them live in these communities. But they call everybody else racists. When they're the biggest hypocrites that can possibly be. Tell me, how many of these news operations operate from inner cities in Baltimore, in Newark, in Trenton, places on the West Coast, or even crime-ridden neighborhoods in any city? Almost none of them. Why? Why don't they invest time in their businesses in these neighborhoods? Why don't they do it? There needs to be a new agenda, a truly new reform movement, revolutionary change, if you will, in the poorest of our communities, white, black, or whatever, but particularly in the inner cities. Because the 
structure in place, the ideology and model in place now is a disaster. The problem is these athletes, these sportcasters, these people in Hollywood and the media and their ilk on the left, they are invested in the Democrat Party. They're invested in an ideology. They are repulsed by capitalism, which makes them rich and relevant. They are repulsed by school choice, and yet they choose other schools for their own children. They're repulsed by the police, and yet they have private security guards. You know, let me tell you something. little secret. Basketball, just as an example, take any sport, but let's take basketball because the basketball players and the NFL players are the most outspoken. These are largely majority, significant majority, minority uh, sports leagues uh, in terms of the players, in terms of the owners, clearly it's majority, super majority white. Do you know how many off-duty police officers, off-duty FBI agents, retired military protect these athletes? Secure these stadiums. Hundreds and hundreds of them. Hundreds and hundreds of them. I wonder how they feel and think when they're smeared as a group. When they're smeared as an entity. And this is the irony. They live among people who they claim are systemically racist. They send their kids to schools that must also be systemically racist. They take their money and become super rich from people who must be systemically racist and oppressive. They rip off poor people and people of limited means who'd like to go to a football game or a basketball game but cost them literally hundreds and hundreds of dollars. They don't care. They're making tens of millions of dollars. The hot dogs... The beer, the so all overpriced. The cable channel, way overpriced. Doesn't matter. But they act like they're populists. Like they stand for the communities they don't live in, that they left and they're never going back to except every now and then for a photo op. That's the truth. Who's turning their backs on whom? This is why ESPN will never have me on. I'll sit down with three of their smartest people. I don't care what their race are. I don't care what their background is, athlete, sport. Three to one. Three to one, as long as I get my time. And the first thing I'm going to do is point out their hypocrisy. Can't have that on ESPN. And not just ESPN, NBC Sport, whatever. Or Hollywood. The Academy Awards. It's amazing. There they are. Millions and millions of dollars in jewelries and dresses to spend two days getting their hair done and, 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 and whitening their teeth. And, oh, everybody's excited. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and the pearls and the, and the dresses and the, and the suits. and the, Oh, it's so cool. And they get, they're down for the struggle, too. Where do they live? Where do they live? Brentwood, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica. Now, look, I, I don't begrudge any of it. They begrudge it. See, to me, it's less of a race thing. Oh, yeah, they're racists. Trust me. We all know that. But it's, it's, but it's not systemically racist, this society. 
But to me, it's less of a race thing and more of an economic thing. And more of an economic thing. If you can live relatively comfortably, if you can take care of yourself pretty well and your family pretty well, if you can keep up your home or your apartment and have the resources to pretty much do that, and you have the ability to get transportation from one place to another, this is the basic starting block of a good life. And yet we can't produce this in our inner cities, not because of race, but because of economic decisions. The left is stuck. Their economics don't work. One party rule doesn't work. Bureaucratic red tape doesn't work. The schools don't work. You can blame it on the cops all you want. But it's not the cops. And then you create a culture that in many respects, not completely of course, and not everybody of course, but in too many respects, is self-destructive. To me, that's the problem. And you're never going to get new ideas into these communities. You're never going to get more liberty, more prosperity, more opportunity in these communities as long as you have this one-party monopoly rule with this one-party ideology. A friend of mine, you'd know his name, and he's a great guy, really smart, says to me, well, you conservatives, you know, you're to blame too. Blame for what? Blame for what? The goal is to become self-sufficient. To become personally responsible. I and you aren't to blame for anything. Period. I have no say in what goes on in these communities. My party is not involved in running these communities. So I'm not personally responsible for anything. And to keep going around saying systemically racist... That accomplishes exactly nothing. Nothing. And in the face of what takes place in this country, it's a damnable lie. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Police officers were killed in the line of duty last year. Anybody know? Isn't it amazing, Mr. Producer, after all this, the last 10, 14 days, it's not been reported? 48 officers were feloniously murdered last year. 48. 45 were male, 3 were female, 40 were white, 7 were black, 
one was Asian. Fifteen died as a result of investigative or law enforcement activities. Nine were involved in tactical situations. By the way, this doesn't include the ones that were involved in accidents. Five were involved in unprovoked attacks. Four were responding to crimes in progress. Three were involved in arrest situations and were attempting to restrain, handcuff the offenders during the arrest situations. Three were assisting other law enforcement officers. Three were responding to disorders or disturbances. Three were involved in vehicular pursuits. Two were ambushed. One was serving or attempting to serve a court order. Weapons used. 34 were slain with handguns. This is from the FBI. Seven with rifles, one with a shotgun, two with firearms in which the types of firearms were unknown or not reported. Regions. 27 officers were feloniously killed in the south. Nine in the Midwest, nine in the West, one in the Northeast, two in Puerto Rico. 36 had prior criminal arrest, the killers. 12 were under judicial supervision. Do we know who they are? Do we know about their families? No, not in the least. Can Nancy Pelosi give you a list of their names, the way she read off a list of other names yesterday when she was taking a knee and couldn't get up? No. See, I'm telling you that in our society, we have a a stratified list of the lives. Some are more important than others. Now, if you're down for the revolution and you're killed, that's important. If you're a shop owner and you're black or a former cop and you're black, apparently that's not important. So the name Black Lives Matter for this uh, leftist group isn't even an accurate name. It should be called Some Lives Black Lives Matter or Left Wing Black Lives Matter. I'm being honest. Seven black police officers were murdered last year. What are their names? Who are they? Don't ask, I guess. Don't ask, don't tell. Folks, write this down, please. Blindster.com, that's Blindster.com. And I'm so glad I found Blindster.com, the best window treatment company there is. I even went to Blindster.com and placed our second order. And I couldn't believe how easy it was to measure and install blinds. And they're beautiful. And if I can do it, trust me, you can do it. Blindster.com founder Kyle Cox has become a friend. He's a terrific guy, a family guy, and this is a family-owned business. And he's setting a new standard for customer service. Kyle and his team are confident, and they're so confident you can do it yourself that if for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you didn't measure correctly, Blindster will remake the blinds in the different size needed free of charge. You only pay for shipping. If you can use a tape measure and a screwdriver, you can install the highest quality custom shade shutters and blinds and save a ton of money. So go to blindster.com right now. Get 50% off by using my name as the promo code Mark at checkout. Blindster.com, promo code Mark. Blindster.com, promo code Mark. It's a terrific, terrific product, and the customer service is truly unbeatable. But you see, these statistics don't matter. I can show you statistics that demonstrate that demonstrate the police departments across the country are not systemically racist. Doesn't matter. That's the narrative. I can ask, well, how many police officers were killed last year? Nobody knows, unless you look it up. Who were they? Nobody knows, unless you look it up. 
Their lives are gone. They have families too. They have children and wives and husbands too. What about them? The culture just doesn't care. Again, this is why they'd never invite me on ESPN, because I'd ask them. What are the name of the seven African-American police officers who were murdered last year? I don't know. Why does it matter? It matters a lot. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Mike O'Meara is the president, New York State Association of PBAs, of the police associations, at a press conference today. I want you to listen to this. Cut two. Go. We all read in the papers that in the black community, mothers are worried about their children getting home from school without being killed by a cop. What world are we living in? That doesn't happen. It does not happen. I am not Derek Chavon. They are not him. He killed someone. We didn't. We are restrained. And you know what? I'm saying this to all the cops here. Because you know what? Everybody's trying to shame us. The legislators. The press. Everybody's trying to shame us into being embarrassed about our profession. Well, you know what? This isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got a shine on it. And stop. He's holding up his badge. Go ahead. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and thugs. And start treating us with some respect. That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. And it is disgusting. And I'm sick of it, too. These are brave men and women who save lives every damn day. Who run into burning homes with their fire department partners. Who run into the tallest buildings in America that are hit by terrorists. Without concern for their own safety. Do you think these men and women like going into dangerous neighborhoods where they might be harmed? Do you think they like going into dangerous neighborhoods where they know whatever they do will be on the front pages of the newspaper? Who the hell wants to be a cop today? Really, you got to be out of your mind almost. I do have a suggestion. 911 should be removed 
from every liberal's iPhone, Android, hardline phone, whatever. Never allowed to call a cop again because if it's systemically racist, you don't want a racist coming into your house. I've already made the suggestion some time ago on social media. Backbenchers are all there slobbering it up. That's fine. We should remove immediately the Capitol Police from Congress because we don't want them confronted with systemic racism. The personal protection that Nancy Pelosi gets should stop. The personal protection that Schumer gets should stop. The cops are systemically racist. No more protecting stadiums and football players and NBA players and other players. No more. They don't want to be around systemically racist people, although they want to live with them, apparently, and send their kids to school with them. No more protection. Patrick Lynch, PBA president. I assume this is in New York, Mr. Producer. Cut three, go. Never, no matter how bad it gets, apologize it for having a shield in your pocket. You know why? Because of you, I can do what I do. Because of you, I was able to rear my family in this city. Because of you, they can believe and love and pray where they want, with hope they want. Because of you, never forget it. Amen. There was a post at a wonderful website, thefederalist.com, which you ought to bookmark. And one of the people wrote there, and I don't have it in front of me. You know what you have when you have no police department or an underfunded police department? You have Mexico. Where the power void is filled by brutal, vicious, murderous criminals. That's what you have. Look south of the border. It's too late for them. Now they're meeting on Capitol Hill, and apparently on the Republican side, Tim Scott's taking the lead because he's an African-American. And Mitch McConnell doesn't know what to do. Taking the lead on police reform. Now, I respect Tim Scott a lot. I really do. But he's never been a cop. He's never been in law enforcement. My friend Joe Pollack wrote me. He writes at Breitbart. He's brilliant. He says, why don't we make looting a federal crime? We have people on television telling us that they came from one state, came into another state to come into a city, and they're looting. Part of this package on police reform How about we have some more criminal statutes for the looters? Is that okay or is that not allowed? You know, a politico, there's a moron over there. I think his name is Tim Alberta. Isn't that it? Or Tom Alberta. And uh, over at uh, the Powerline blog, which is an excellent blog, A gentleman over there writes, what a simpleton this guy is, because done are the days of the law and order Republicans. Now, they may win within the Republican Party, but the country's moved beyond them. What the hell is he talking about? The law and order Republicans? We have laws in these cities. I didn't pass them. We have laws in these states. I didn't pass them. They should be enforced. You need to protect the people. What does he mean? Where's this office in Politico based? 
Is it in a high crime neighborhood? I don't know. I am so sick and tired of these white leftists lecturing the whole country, remaking the whole country. I'm so sick and tired of them, you have no idea. They never get dirt under their nails. Most of them never serve in the military. Most of them are not friends with cops. They live in their own world. In an Ivy League world. In an Ivy Tower. Or an Ivory Tower. No real world experience. No real world connections. And they think they know everything. All about policing. All about the military. And they've accomplished nothing in their lives. They sit there with that stupid constipated look. On CNN and MSNBC, it's like Don Lemon and Fredo Cuomo. How can the people do this? I don't know. Where does it say you have to peaceably assemble? First Amendment. They trashed the protesters, who really were peaceful protesters a few weeks ago, because they want their lives and their business and their jobs back. They're danger. You heard it. Thanks to Grabian, the, the montage. Meanwhile, the rioters are out there. One idiot, MSNBC, they're burning a building down behind his back. Well, they're mostly peaceful. And as I've said over and over again, you know damn well they never said that about the Tea Party, which was completely peaceful. Oh, one guy had a gun. My God, he had a gun? What did he do? Nothing. And it was an African-American, by the way. They're not allowed to own guns. You see, this is the other thing that's really appalling. In these cities, they have the strictest gun control laws. So who has the guns? The criminals. Well, we outlawed them. So what? Murder's outlawed. People are being murdered. Rape's outlawed. People are being raped. Drugs, in many respects, are outlawed. People get drugs. So the criminals get guns. So innocent, law-abiding minorities, particularly African-Americans in the most dangerous parts of our cities, are not able to defend themselves. And now, with the recent assault on the cops, they're going to be in even worse condition. Not LeBron James. Not Colin... Uh, what is his name? Kaepernick. No, no, no. Certainly not Steph Curry or Greg Popovich or whatever the hell his name is. No. These poor souls... This is no civil rights movement. This is no movement at all. This is an ideology. People are getting sucked into it wittingly and unwittingly. It's really disgusting. I want you to listen to the next minute and a half. It's the Chicago Mayor Lightfoot. And the councilman, they're both Democrats, she's fighting with, the alderman, is Raymond Lopez. It's the 15th ward in Chicago. And he's furious about what's taking place in his community, as is Susan Susan Sadlowski-Garza, alderman of the 10th ward, what's going on in her community within the city, and how the mayor, Lightfoot, just blows it off. There's a lot of bleeping in here, isn't there, Mr. Producer? The F word's being thrown around a lot. It gets very, very heated. I want you to listen to this. Can, is the audio pretty good? So turn up your volume. Cut five. Go. My fear is once we're, they're done looting and rioting and whatever's going to happen tonight, God help us. 
What happens when they start going after residents, going into the neighborhoods? Once they start trying to break down people's doors so they think they got something, or, you know, we know that people are here to antagonize and incite, and you've got them all pumped tonight, today, they're not going to go to bed at 8 o'clock. They're going to turn their focus in the neighborhoods. I've got gangbangers with AK-47s walking around right now, just waiting to settle some scores. What are we going to do, and what do we tell our residents other than good faith people stand up? It's not going to be enough. Thank you, Alderman. Next question. All right, stop. So, so Lightfoot says to him, I think you're full of S. Isn't that where she says that, Mr. Producer? Oh, no, no. So she just dismisses it, rather, and says, next question. Now, this guy's the alderman for this community. He's talking about the dangers they face, and she blows it off. Go ahead. I, you commented on everybody. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. This is a oh, question that I have. I think you're 100%, I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. She says, you're 100% full of S, is what I think. And then Lopez comes back. F you. Go ahead. We no offense. F you then. Who are you to tell me I'm full of And if you think, if you think we were not ready and we stood by and let the neighborhood go up, there's nothing intelligent that I can say to you. Well, maybe you should come out and see what's going on. the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I understand you want to preen. I understand that you think that you... Mayor, you need to check your you believe this mayor lightfoot maybe biden will select her as his running mate although this guy lopez sounds impressive to me he's a democrat but he wants to protect his people in his community and she's having nothing to do with it Now she goes on, and then there's another alderman who speaks up. Cut six, go. Let me just say this about the National Guard. They're not a, they're not a magic tool. Um, they are the military. They're not police. They're able to hold lines, but they don't do local policing. And if you've paid attention and seen what some have done with National Guard and other series of cities across the country, it's been worse. No, 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 it's not worse. What city? Name one. So she's an ideologue, a left-wing kook ideologue. Does she sound like somebody who cares about her citizens? We know the National Guard is military. The National Guard's under the control of the governor. The National Guard doesn't come in with tanks and 50 caliber machine guns. It's backing up the cops. And if they have to come in and federalized and the regular troops have to come in, it's because the cops are overwhelmed. Look, the numbers of police officers in cities with millions of people is relatively small. It's rel- they're relatively small, the numbers. Now they're going to be smaller because these mayors want to cut back on them. I'm telling you, he points out, the gangbangers, the hoodlums, the criminals, the recidivists, they're going to be thrilled with these mayors. And I want to strongly encourage the commissioner of the NBA... And these NBA players to move back into these communities. I, or, or for the first time. Same with the NFL. Same with the politicians across the country. I think Nancy Pelosi should sell her vineyard. I have an article here. 
that the wealthy in San Francisco are leaving San Francisco in droves. <coughs> Excuse me, the property market outside, did you see that, Mr. Producer? The property market outside of San Francisco is going through the roof. Where else is it happening, Mr. Producer? New York. All the liberals are running like mice. They've done their damage. They've elected their left-wing Democrat mayors and city council and aldermen. Now they're escaping, and who are they leaving behind? Poor black people and poor Hispanic people for the most part. These cities are dying. Some of them are going to die faster than others. That's what's going to happen. It's going to get worse. And nobody wants to live like that. Not me. Not Max Kellerman. Not LeBron James. Not Steph Curry. Not Hollywood. Certainly not Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. But nobody in their right mind wants to live like this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. In addition to a massive expansion of school choice, and that would include vouchers, that is, taking the money that the city and state get and uh, follows the child rather than the school. The teachers' union will fight it. The Democrats will fight it. Anybody that wants to improve education will be fought, but it needs to be fought. Uh, in addition to that, I've talked about Opportunity and Prosperity Corps. Not AmeriCorps and this Corps with more government and community activism. That's not what's needed for a community. What's needed is in, to introduce training and learning and skills to contribute to society, to invest in society in an emotional way, in a, in a cerebral way. And that is a core of small business people, large business people, volunteers who come into the high schools and middle schools in these communities and spend serious time, serious time with a small group of young kids or teenagers and excite them about the possibilities of starting a business, of running a business, of, uh, of, of saving some money, of making some money uh, in order to fight the, kinds of, uh, the kind of allure that, that uh, drugs and other 
criminal outlets have on the street because that's the only pressures they have and they see. And there's another idea that my beautiful wife came up with, which is, listen to this one, local policing. Again, young people in the community uh, learn how to become cops. And with scholarships or other payments and so forth, go back to the community they're from, Mr. Producer. How do you like this idea? I think it's brilliant. And go back into those communities where they do their policing, where they know the neighbors, where they know the people and so forth. Encourage that sort of thing. Those are three ideas that every Democrat mayor and every Democrat governor, that the NEA and all the rest of them will fight. Now, it's interesting to me that the left wants to keep attacking the police unions, but they never attack the teacher unions that prevent kids in these communities from actually getting educated. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. By the way, have you ever seen anything more pathetic than American corporations? Anything more pathetic? They subsidize their own demise. It's an amazing thing to watch. There is an, a Marxist anarchist movement afoot that is becoming ubiquitous. It is taught in our universities and colleges by tenured professors and is promoted by some elements in the media, by a growing element within the Democrat Party in Hollywood. And now corporations are contributing to it. You know, I'm a free market capitalist doesn't mean I have to support corporations or every corporation. I said I support the market system. Most of these corporations do not. Most of these corporations benefit from capitalism, of course, but also the government. Many of them have government affairs officials. Many of them have lawyers that work on government contracts. But even more than that, they hire very, very expensive law firms to lobby Congress to fix the system in their favor, to push out the competition. I am GD sick of these damn phony corporations. Sick of them. 
How many of these corporations back the Tea Party movement? Not a damn one of them. Not one. And I'm sick and tired of these media conglomerates. Oh, we represent the free press. No, you hate the country. You milk us for everything we've got. And then you put these frauds on in the newsroom so you're not attacked. Amazon buys the Washington Compost, saves it. That's why you'll never see a tax on Amazon or the clown that owns it from the Washington Post. It's protection money. The New York Times has disgraced itself over and over again. I don't have any more times to explain it or write about it. What did the New York Times say today? Who cares? It is an evil newspaper. It's been evil for over 100 years. When you folks watch me on Life, Liberty, and Levin, and I hope you do, or on Levin TV, you'll notice I've been blinking a lot more. Sort of the opposite Pelosi effect, the anti-Pelosi, where she, her eyeballs are sticking out like ping-pong balls, and her face is melting right in front of your eyes. The forehead becomes... Have you noticed this, Mr. Producer? Oh, my Lord. It's time for another lift, if you get my drift. I've had this hemorrhage behind my left retina all the way in the back. And the size of it was huge. And it was right over the, the, the middle of the eye in the back. In the back, you couldn't see it in the front. But it, it's leaking blood. And every month, I go to a wonderful office retina experts and specialists because I don't want to lose my sight and they shoot medicine into my eye with a needle and the the purpose of that medicine is to try and for a few weeks control the leaking uh, in these uh, in the back of my eye Uh, so far It's the status quo. So I don't see well out of my left eye. I see blurry. And I don't know if this is going to go on the rest of my life or not. Probably so, unfortunately. Anyway, I'm not trying to cry on your shoulder. I'm telling you. So when the lights hit my eyes, when I'm doing TV, it bothers my left eye. And so when you blink, you know, both your eyes, so you, that's the blinking, just so you know. It's not a nervous tick. It's not a this or that. It's that. That's the problem. It's that simple. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> people have a lot, more worse, a lot worse problems than I do. I'm just explaining to you. And so, why does he keep blinking? Is he doing a Morse code or something? No, I'm not. Maybe I should. Remember that Jeremiah Denton movie, Mr. Producer? He was, he's the longest serving, one of the longest serving POWs, not the longest, and he blinked out SOS. You remember that? When the, when the uh, communist Vietnamese and the Viet Cong had held him, no, he blinked out torture in Morris Code. I loved Jeremiah Denton. He's a very religious man, such a magnificent hero, and the media trashed him because he was an evangelical Christian. He served one term from Alabama. Good news for Virginia and Maryland anyway. The two states that surround the District of Columbia. I think more criminals now are going to be leaving Northern Virginia. 
and parts of Maryland for Washington, D.C. I mean, if I were, I would. At least I wouldn't be in Virginia where there's all these guns and, and people who know how to use them. Going to Washington, D.C., because among other things, they just passed an ordinance that prohibits D.C. police from using chemicals such as tear gas and pepper spray on protesters, as well as less lethal projections, uh, projectiles like rubber bullets and stun grenades. How are you going to stop the mob? You're not. You're not. So the people in the poor neighborhoods of Washington, of which there are several, are going to have no protection. They can't own weapons for all intents and purposes. The police are going to be handcuffed for all intents and purposes. And criminals obviously are represented very well in the D.C. City Council in many of these cities. And if if you're a criminal, and some of these criminals are pretty smart. They're thinking, wait a minute, Virginia, these people have guns. Not, no, not so much northern Virginia where all the Democrats are, like Arlington and so forth and Fairfax. But, you know, there's other parts of Virginia. These people have guns, and they have thousands of rounds, and they know how to use them. What, what am I going to mess around with them? I'll just go into Washington. They don't have guns. The police are handcuffed. And the mayor is busy painting uh, stuff on the, uh, on the streets. She's painting Black Lives Matter. Uh, while the uh, city crumbles. What a mayor, that Bowser. She's tops. A succession of great mayors in Washington, D.C. But don't worry, she got Trump. I know this, because MSLSD said, oh, she got the better of Trump. Which is the other thing. Every news story is trashing Trump. Like he has anything to do with this. Donald Trump's been in Washington, D.C., For three and a half years. He's never held public office before the presidency. He's never been a mayor. He's never been a governor. He's never been a city councilman. He's never been an alderman. If there has been systemic oppression and systemic racism, what does it have to do with Donald Trump? It has to do with Democrats who run these towns. Joe Biden has been in the Senate, I think it's 36 years, and he was vice president for eight. That's 44 years. And he's known nothing else. Nothing else. Of course, his family's corrupt, but he's known nothing else. He's been a career government official his whole life. If there's been systemic oppression and systemic racism, that's Joe Biden and his party. It's not the outsider president. He's an outsider. He ran against Washington. He ran against the establishment. And here's the sad truth. If the Congressional Black Caucus would actually work with Donald Trump, there'd be a lot of progress in a lot of these communities. But they won't. They prefer Biden. Why? They prefer these mayors. Why? They prefer these governors. Why? Power. Power. They're never going to admit their own failures. They're never going to admit the failure of their ideology. They're never going to admit the failure of socialism. They're never going to admit those failures. This is what they live by, all the left. This is what they embrace. They need the teachers' union. The teachers' union is 2.8 million, both unions, precinct workers. And it's not the first, it's the second biggest contributor to the Democrat Party. 
up there with the trial lawyers. They only talk about the police unions. They never talk about the teacher unions. And they're never going to. Because they don't have the police, but they have the teachers. This is how the Democrats work. We're not going to have school choice where we liberate our community to, to choose different schools. And, and parents can pick a, a school that they want and actually participate, be motivated in this process. and so on. No, no, no. The unions come first. The teacher units. 2.8 million. The cops, we can't get the cops. Screw them and screw their union. You know, big deal. Plus, we need to blame all cops, all cops, for the act of a tiny fraction of a fraction. Doesn't matter. It is amazing, though, isn't it? You have teachers out there, very few, who molest students. Right, Mr. Purdue? We see these stories now and then. I'd be curious to know the numbers. Are all teachers trashed because some students are molested by their teachers? No, of course not. Are all lawyers trashed because some of the slip and fall lawyers are sleazeballs who steal from their client? No. It's a profession. You're not even allowed to attack the profession under the rules of professional conduct. Do you know there have been judges on the take? Oh, yeah. Elsie Hastings was elected to Congress, but he was impeached because of uh, at least the allegation that he took money under the table. Hey, hey, that doesn't mean all judges are corrupt, right? Of course not. But all cops, it's systemically racist. Let me tell you something. If society is systemically racist, then athletes are systemically racist. Broadcasters are systemically racist. Democrats are systemically racist, and on and on and on. It's systemic. There are no exceptions, because it's systemic. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, John Voight is a great patriot. He's a very nice man and a, and a wonderful friend. And he has two YouTube, uh, short YouTube statements out there. Absolutely beautiful and very wise. And we're going to link to them on Mark Levin Show Facebook and Mark Levin Show Twitter. May I strongly encourage you to join my sites? I've been posting a lot lately. Mr. Bedus has been up all day and night. And that's a good thing. 
not really. But considering the events that are taking place in the lead up to the election, I want us to have an, an army of patriots. So if you don't mind, go over to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, and join. We have over 2.2 million on Twitter, and I don't know what's with Facebook. We, they just don't add them up, do they? Uh, we're stuck at like 1.45, which is ridiculous, but okay, 1.45 million. I don't play games. We don't, we don't, we don't stuff the numbers. This is, this is a true natural number. But we'd like to get to two to four or five million on Twitter, if you can join us there, if you're listening, or have a family member help you join up, uh, and same with uh, Facebook. Uh, but I, I very definitely engage there, and uh, you'll see a lot of things you don't see elsewhere. For instance, uh, John Voigt's uh, YouTube statements, both of them part one and part two, which are really quite beautiful. Spike Lee. You see how Spike Lee talks about other African Americans? He's just a complete putz. He is an ass. He really is. The stuff that he says about other African Americans with whom he disagrees, just a nasty guy. But it's good. I'm very glad that he lives in, uh, in the areas that he talks about all the time. Maybe he does. I have no idea. Why don't we make this a Levin surge? Let's see if we can get past 2.2 million on Twitter. I don't know, Mr. Producer. I think I tried this before, and people, ah, fine, fine, uh, it's dinner time. If you're listening to this program, either on terrestrial radio, satellite radio, streaming, your app, or the podcast, we're already at 2.2. Let's see if we can get to 3 million. That means all of you out there who have not joined me on Twitter need to join me on Twitter. Can we do that? Let's muscle up our internet presence. We, the people. We, the It doesn't cost you anything for crying out loud. Mark Levin Show Twitter. Let's see, let's see. By this time tomorrow, we'll take a look. Probably going to embarrass myself. But let's give it an effort. All you Levinites out there, let's do a Levin surge right now. I don't ask for much. That's all. It's free. So we can build our community and take it from there. I'm quite serious. And if you haven't downloaded for the podcast, I want to strongly encourage you to do That's free, too. And you can listen to the show anytime you want. Go to MarkLevinShow.com. Click on the audio rewind, middle top of the homepage. That'll take you to the podcast page. And then pick your podcast platform. Come on. Let's mess a lot. Let's really show free speech. Thank you to the police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and military. God bless you. Stand strong. Your nation actually stands behind you. It truly does. God bless you. And I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.